it's a it's a privilege to get to work on something a special asylo and and uh and yeah you know i'm glad the strike has been well the first half of the strike has been resolved hopefully the actors will uh hopefully that gets resolved as well and we can we can get going because i'm i'm actually in the studio and i've just been working on a new theme for season two today to create musically the futuristic yet retro-looking environment of the silo, composer Atli Oversund used and manipulated sounds to score the many layers of the series. In the past, he's worked on Pirates of the Caribbean movie series, The Fourth Kind, and Season of the Witch, just to name a few. And this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. Here's my conversation with Atli Oversoon on scoring Silo and a personal project as well. Season one's theme. And yeah. I like that how it how it starts off soft. And then it I don't know if it's an apple or not, but once the apple hits the ground, and the apple, of course, in different mythologies and religion is a source of knowledge, which is so key to this series. And then when it hits, then things really start to happen musically. Uh, talk about creating that. Was that something you worked uh, with the showrunners to uh, to do, or did you do this one on your own? I honestly just wrote a piece of music and sent it to them. And and there was there was a whole lot of going back and forth about what the length of the main title should be. And um, you know they they were sort of thinking that in at first maybe make it a short one, maybe 45 seconds, even 30 seconds, maybe a minute. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send you 90 seconds and we'll see what happens. <laughs> and uh, so thankfully, it seemed to inspire someone somewhere. And um, yeah, I think we came, you know, in the end, what came out of it is a, is a, is a pretty powerful main title sequence. There is more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. It starts off with a piano, and uh, it sounds like you also incorporated a little bit of a choir in there, uh, as mm -hmm. well as a, a, an orchestra. Talk about kind of making that transition and including some different elements to this. Yeah, I mean, I um, the, the very first thing that I created for the music for the show actually was just sounds on a synthesizer, because I, I felt that you know, even though the technology we see on screen tends to be quite sort of old school, if you will, it's still, you know, the, the whole, you know, the silo wouldn't function without technology. So so I, it's, I just felt that kind of that was my sort of way to get into this world was to kind of create these almost static electronic sounds. And, you know, that led to coming up with um, basically the bass uh sort of progression on the piano on top of that and somehow the tune started getting coming out of that as well and the choir um you know we morton tildem and i had a, had a lot of discussion in the beginning obviously about you know sort of the soul of the show and and i think there was a lot of you know the, the choir is sort of almost the ghosts of the silo because you know it, it's there's nothing more human than the human voice, obviously, and, and so we felt that needed to be in there as well. And and uh, you know that the strings, I mean, it, I suppose it's just kind of a, it's what we gravitate to as composers to to convey 
emotion and, and do some of the heavy lifting and the scoring. And, uh, but I mean, it, it's, you know, the instrumentation is, is, is a real sort of hybrid amalgam of, of different things. But again, the, the, the way in for me was through technology. The, uh, there's a, the tense scene when they're trying to repair the machine that keeps the silo going. Did you have some fun creating something for that? Fun and agony. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was a little bit of both. I mean, you know, yeah, it just it went through tons of revisions, and uh, I mean, it was such a such a challenge because in a way you're fighting the sound of the generator, which is, you know, obviously I've never been next to a silo generator, you know, but you would imagine it's pretty loud. And, you know, obviously it was sort of, how are we going to make the music and the sound effects coexist? So um, in the end, I just said, well, whatever, that's for the mixers to figure out. I'm just going to make some really loud music to try to compensate or, or sort of compete with, with the, uh, with a generator but i mean it, it's such a that whole episode is um or a lot of it is obviously incredibly intense and i mean it, it's just like it's life or death for people in the silo and so so it's that thing of, of kind of coming up with action and and yeah fighting against the the industrial noises that that are going on at the same time well how did you find kind of creating music for like the tender more moments where Rebecca is with her lover, for example, or just some of the quieter moments, uh, but still needed something musically to kind of at least slow things down a bit. Well, yeah, I think in a way, um, I think the heavy lifting that the music had to do in, in some of some of these episodes actually was the more intimate sort of personal um, stuff, you know, the, um, it, you know, and I always thought of it as, you know, there's kind of this great juxtaposition between the inner lives of these characters. And, you know, the, the, the it's actually kind of a small group of people that you follow in a silo with tens of thousands of people. So, so it's that juxtaposition between the personal and intimate, you know, with a few people and, the massive scope of the silo and um, I think that was kind of the the big fun about it as well was to find ways to combine these things and uh, yeah I, I think I, I I found that you know actually being very sparse and being you know and kind of being brave about being sparse and not do too much was very helpful for those personal moments did you get a chance to manipulate some sounds for this? Oh my God, there was endless manipulation of sounds. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it, in a way, um, again, the world world building comes to my mind because, you know, you can't just use regular old sounds. Obviously, I did some of that. I used the piano and strings and voices, but I mean, honestly, almost all of it is is. Um, somehow messed up and uh and and messed with but uh that's half the fun what instrument to start am i i'm kind of leaning that you start with a piano when you're composing something it just depends on what it is um piano is my instrument so you know it, it's kind of a an easy easy sort of you know obvious place to go to but 
I mean, it, it just, yeah, it just depends on what I'm doing. And, and because you, you the, the danger about composing on the piano that you're comfortable with and you have sort of your bag of tricks on is that you end up doing the same thing again and again. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, sometimes I go to the piano because I know I sort of have my, you know, way with that. And uh, But a lot of it, I, you know, a lot of what I try to do now is to actually go away from the safe zone and, and think outside the box. More with Atlee Oversoon in just a moment. Did you find when you're composing with the piano that maybe you're in the middle of something and you realize, you know, wait a minute, I need to go in a different direction here? Yeah, and, uh, and quite often also I would just take something on the piano and reverse it or, or, or manipulate it so that it's almost unrecognizable. And uh, th there was a lot of that um, in this discovery of what the music for episode, I mean, for season one was, was just endless manipulation of sounds and, and trying to think, again, I come back to technology, just trying to think of, of ways to, uh, yeah, make, make stuff sound surprising. And, and uh, I think there's a lot of sounds in there that people would be very surprised to know what the original source was. <laughs> uh, as far as anything for outside, did you kind of experiment a little bit with that to get the right sound when a person goes outside to clean? Well, <clears throat> I mean, in a way, you know, the, the scenes when people want to go outside tend to be sort of, I mean, we think of them as, as almost like suicide. And it's, there's almost like a sort of a requiem the first time, you know, somebody wants to go outside. There's a bit more curiosity the second time. And then when Rebecca goes out at the end, um, you know, it sort of turns, the world gets turned on its head. So, you know, I was more thinking about the inner, you know, world of, of the human being that's about to embark on that journey and the, the audience, you know, or sort of the people inside the silo watching it. Because to me, it, it's, you know, yes, the, the outside is is we don't really know what's out there but it, it's much more for me about the the drama of it than the wonder of what could be outside in that that messed up world mm -hmm. i have my theories but i'm not going to share what they are but uh, <laughs> there's some clues in there that i saw in the last episode so i'll just keep it at that as far as as what you got did you have a lot of time to create these sounds I know you're working on something now, so, or did you just compose a lot of music and, and turn it in? Or a little bit of both, maybe? Yeah, I'd say a little bit of both. I mean, I, I didn't have that much time in the end. It's sort of, you know, I I, um, I was able to, to have quite a bit of time in the very beginning to just be free and create and come up with ideas. But once the season you know, hit and production sort of got into it. Let's put it this way. We took our sweet time with the first three episodes and which makes sense because it's sort of, it's the world building. It's the heavy lifting of, of inventing what the series is. And then, you know, because we, we sort of, as I said, took our time with that, like the, the rest of the schedule got a bit compressed and, and, um, you know, towards the end, it was, well, it's not even towards the end, even from about episode four, I just had to compose about an episode per week. 
Um, but again, you know, I had time in the beginning to define what it was that I was in, in, but intending to do. And, and uh, you know, but I, I would say I sort of, I would kind of write one new theme at least per episode because the, there would be new sort of situations, new characters, new scenarios coming up. And so it was a, it was a little bit of, of, you know, a little bit of both, as you said. You know, I got to talk to you about You Are Here. Uh, you went back to Iceland and recorded, uh, you know, a, a CD, an album. And I, I think what struck me was the fact that you went home, but then outside your studio, you can see a fjord. I mean, that's got to be inspiring to be back and then to have that kind of vision right in front of you. What was that like for you to come back and, and to record there and create there? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for actually listening to the album. Uh, <laughs> the um, well, Yeah, I like I, flying I, a lot. That's my favorite. Yeah, okay. Yeah, thank you. Um, that was, that's actually the first song that I wrote for the album. Um, but to answer your question, yes, I mean, it's absolutely incredibly um, inspiring. And but it's not, you know, there were other factors that helped to inspire this journey of, of, of coming back a full circle in a way as a musician and just start writing music for music's sake, which I hadn't done in a while. Or, you know, I maybe dabbled in it and then just said, well, all right, that's enough. Now I got to get back to work and actually, you know, write cues. So, um, but, you know, a lot of it was about taking the time and committing to the process and, in a funny way, I learned that um, I didn't know how to write my own music. I knew how to write music for a project for, because, I mean, with any art, the hardest decision is is the reason for it to be. It's like, what's the purpose? Why why are you creating? And um, so you first have to sort of get that, get over that hump. And then I realized, you know, I'll spend days and weeks on... Um, you know, writing a theme for a show or a movie or something, but I had never taken days or weeks to write something <laughs> of my own. And so, but in the end, I actually think that it, it's made me a better film composer as well, because, you know, I sort of just approach things a bit differently now. Um, I, in a way, I feel like I'm now I'm always writing a record or, or doing an album as opposed to doing a score. And it's been very healthy. And, uh, and I think also just sort of dealing with that, I don't know, I think a lot of us composers for media and for film and TV, we don't want to sort of, I don't know, maybe take ourselves too seriously or, or even think of ourselves as artists because it's sort of applied arts. But I think it's actually really healthy to, to go in there and, and allow yourself to put on the artist's cap and, and just write something for the amazement of it all. And working with local musicians, uh, I love a cello. The, the sound of a cello is just so amazing. So that must have been, you know, fueling the creative process a little bit for you. A hundred percent. And I mean, you know, I've been living in L.A. for, what, 18 years or something when I moved back. And <clears throat> what is extraordinary is the level of talent and creativity in Iceland. There's just so many good musicians and it's just, you know, I, I knew sort of theoretically, but I didn't really realize how much great stuff was going on there till I, I came back. 
as far as season two of Silo, is there, are you going to be taking, we're not going to give anything away, but I guess it's safe to say that the path of the music might be going in a different direction a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it, it needs some new ideas and new kind of an evolution, to, at least, of what we've done. Um, but yeah, it's kind of difficult to go into details without <laughs> giving something away. But yeah, certainly there will be there will be new sort of new avenues explored. Have you had time to experiment a little bit? I have. I, I like I said in the beginning. I literally I'm in the studio today working on this stuff. I I went to a um, a silo in the west fjords of Iceland. It's a it's just this big silo that's been empty for for decades. It was used for herring oil in the fifties. Wow! And then they they fished all the herring in the waters around Iceland. So that it's, as I said, it's just been sitting there and. We went with a bunch of microphones, bunch of instruments and stuff, and started just recording and trying to capture the ambience of of the silo for the silo. And uh, you know, I I feel like it. You know, there's something magical that happens. So so I'm really really excited about season two. Oh, that sounds really interesting. I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be perfect. Incorporating that with the set, it's going to make it come alive a little more. It's going to be great. Looking forward. Yeah, to. there's there's some there's some organic truth to those sounds. Well, thank you so much for talking to me, and uh, again, congratulations on this series and all your work. I mean, it's just uh, I, I just first episode grabbed me, and I watched all ten, and I just literally as I got them because member of the press, I got them quickly, and I binged through all of them, and I think it's an excellent series. Uh, again, another. Another series on Apple TV Plus that's uh, for all mankind, Foundation and Silo. It's uh, has some really good sci-fi stuff. So uh, it's going to be fun to see what comes up for season two for sure. Thank you. No, thank you so much. All right. Silo is on Apple TV Plus. Season two will start, at least in the writing process, soon. And also that SAG and AFTRA can get the contract they deserve. And you can get a free lifetime subscription to Sci-Fi Talk Plus by clicking on the by clicking the link in the show notes. This is Tony Tolado.